You're listening to the Foreign and International Medical Graduate Show, a podcast to inspire physicians in the process of immigration to the United States and access to graduate medical education. We create meaningful and helpful content that motivates medical students and doctors throughout the world with the goal of creating a community that supports itself and gives feedback to each other, that stays updated with the most recent tips and advice on how to make it in America and become a successful resident or fellow in the speciality of your dreams. Dr. Alonso Osorio is board certified and residency trained in both emergency and family medicine and will be bringing you 20 years of his personal experiences, struggles and motivation. We'll be chatting with people like you to talk about the lessons they've learned along their personal path, how to make an impact and how we can all benefit from it. Also, we'll analyze the current resources available and how to benefit from them. Thanks for joining us. Please enjoy the show. Hello, superstars. Welcome back to the Foreign and International Medical Graduate Podcast. We have good news. We're in the process of rebranding. We're looking towards building a whole new website. So don't be afraid or surprised about the fact that you might be searching at the normal website address that is uh, fmg-imgcast.com and you might be redirected to Osorio MD, www.osoriomd.com. And that's going to be probably happening within the next few months. We're going to have a more dynamic, more responsive website. And there is many more goodness to come. As you guys are aware, we just finished with episode number 33 with Mr. Greg Siskin. He was very kind of coming to the show and has had a remarkable amount of downloads. So remember, don't forget to visit Siskin and Susser at visalaw.com. They can help you with all your immigration needs, specifically those that have difficulties with J1s or even if you're in the process of getting an H1B. It's going to be available for you right there. He's extremely knowledgeable. And if he's not Mr. Siskin, he has a huge team of attorneys that will be able to help you. So go to his website and schedule a consultation. And we're back with Dr. Daniela Rodriguez again. We're going to wrap it up with a series of residency interviewing skills. And this is going to be episode number 34. Dr. Rodriguez, welcome back. Hi, Dr. Osorio. Thank you. Thank you for postponing our meeting yesterday. I had a sudden last minute shift that I had to go and cover. And I, uh, you know, during these days, I've been working my butt off. I probably worked 15 days out of the last 13 days and it has not been busy. And I've been trying to bring hosts here and there in between Daniela and them. And I'm going to try to kind of wrap up the series of interview skills with Dr. Rodriguez. As she said, earlier, we're going to focus for the next two episodes on answering the most common questions that you guys are going to be facing during the interviewing process. So we're going to play a game today. Dr. Daniela Rodriguez is going to be the residency program director or a resident or someone very important on that side of the pond. And I'm going to be the interviewee. And remember, guys, by no means I'm an expert, but this Mm -hmm. is just a suggestion on how I would answer several questions based on my personal experience, having gone through several, you know, match processes. It took me four times to get around it. But I know Dr. Daniela Rodriguez and I have been working really hard at providing good material for you. And we have gotten a lot of good feedback. The last one, Dr. Rodriguez had about 400 downloads and comments. I know, I know. How do you feel about that? Super happy because it means that we are helping a lot of people. 
well, I could share a lot of information and share my experience with them. So I'm really happy about that. It's awesome. So guys, before we get started, I want to just give you a structure that most of the American in and interviewees use to answer most of the most common questions. And it's called the STAR, S-T-A-R, like a STAR interview method that enables you to answer in a more proper way. So to break it down really quick, the acronym STAR stands for S for situation. In that case, you have to set the scene or the environment and give some necessary details for your example. T stands for task, that is describing what your responsibility was in certain situations. Action means that explain exactly what steps you took to address it. And R stands for result, share what outcomes your action achieved. So you don't have to exactly follow the four letters of the acronym, but at least they're going to help you answer some of the questions. And you can just practice at home and go over you know, these basic contents that have to be in, in the skeleton of your answer. So we're ready. Dr. Rodriguez, when you're ready, I'm ready to play the game. Okay. So hello, Dr. Osorio. How are you? I'm great, Dr. Rodriguez. Thank you for having me today here at your residency program. I'm extremely excited to be part of this interviewing day. Well, we are so happy to have you here. So, well, tell me about yourself. Well, tell me about yourself. That's a tricky question. Well, I have a bunch of accomplishments that I have uh, fulfilled throughout my life, a Colombian from Bucaramanga. And I can tell you it's a small town in the mountains of far, far away from the beach. And that makes me sometimes to be surrounded by a lot of mountains. And that led me always to have this personal idea that I wanted to explore different opportunities in a different continent. I never thought that I was going to be able to leave my hometown. And I always consider myself that hardworking individual that at the first chance that I had to leave my hometown, I just took it. This is despite the limitations that I had to face in my medical school. This is despite the limitations that I had to deal with the immigration process. And just to be here, the hard work that I have put into this, the amount of financial investment that me and my family has done in, into coming to America has been huge. I can tell you I'm a family man. My mom and my dad and my brother are the most important people in my life. And they are here supporting me. And, you know, I would say that I'm not going to disappoint them. I'm also extremely disciplined person. I love to play sports and sports have forged in me a huge mental and physical discipline to accomplish my goals. And I know that probably that could be an asset that will work for me really well during a residency program and to be in a program like yours. Okay, thank you. Thank you for your answer. Okay, so with this question, what do you think that is like the best way to answer it? Sometimes people, when they say, tell me about yourself, they start saying, well, I'm 42 yeah. and I'm tall and I like to eat sushi. And mm -hmm. on Friday night, I try to go out to the nightclub. And sometimes on the weekends, I spend time with my family and children. But I don't know, when I'm bored, I just like to sit down and just play video games at home. And so the people really don't focus on, on themselves. And, and really what they want to know is how much you know yourself and how much insight you have into your personality. Because I would say that it's so easy about to talk about other people and it's so hard to speak about yourself. 
when you really ask yourself that question every day, and, and Dr. Rodriguez and I were just practicing here for a while, she asked me this question that has been asked to, to me probably 25 times in my life, and she caught me by surprise, and I saw myself really thinking about a, a proper academic answer. But what you want to try to say is pretty much use a little connection, like, well, I'm from Colombia, and most of us, the Colombians are happy people, and we're hard workers, specifically the part of my country where I'm from, Santanderiano. We have a very strong personality, and we really persevere. And I think that really forged in me many, many, many years ago, and along with the support of my family, because I consider myself a family guy, that has played a significant role. So being a family guy, being a hard worker is leading me to be here in the United States. So they want you to try to speak about you and to kind of uncover what else you have to offer that you're just not a blank stare. And, you know, we don't want to really hear about like, I have three cats and a beautiful house and I have an apartment on the beach, you know, yeah. nobody cares about your car, you know. Mm -hmm. And also, they don't want you to talk about your CV, right? Because they already read your CV. So they want you to know, like, more about you, like, besides your CV. Also, what is important um, to take into account, guys, don't forget, to the, about the eye contact, to be um, confident, and to practice nonverbal communication skills. Yeah. Absolutely. So specifically in the very first few minutes of the interview, I would mm -hmm. say posture has to be straight. You know, mm -hmm. you cannot be hunched over. You, mm -hmm. you cannot have a frown in your face. You cannot look angry and make sure that you're looking directly in the eyes to the interviewee. And while he's saying that, try to have a very gentle smile, not a smirk, which mm -hmm. is a little kind of tweaking of, of the mouth, neither a huge like creepy smile but something that you're following and not the head back and forth very gently acknowledging mm -hmm. that whatever the patient is asking you're understanding it and briefly if you have the chance interrupt say little words like yes i understand i mm -hmm. see i'm following you oh correct i do agree yes yeah those little things probably keep the engagement mm -hmm. and keep your hands out of your pockets, obviously try to keep the hands over the desk, avoid putting your elbows over the desk, or just keep your hands on top of your little folder or, you know, the little carpet that you might bring and just put your hands over your lap so they can see them and try to hold them gently without too much pressure. Because if you put too much pressure on your hands, that means that you're tense. But also if you're feeling shaky, just remind once in a while to take a gentle, a small, a slow, deep breath in and breathe out, especially before you answer. That will give you a little bit of time to really come up with a more thoughtful answer. Yeah, that's important also. You can take a little bit of time to think also what you are going to answer. Okay, so let's continue. What are your strengths? What are my strengths? Well, I can tell you I'm always on time. I love to be on time. I wake up early. I make arrangements the night before to be here early on. So for me, being on time is one of the most significant strengths. I also love to be always well-dressed professionally, well-shaven and clean for my patients. 
I also think I'm a great communicator. I think despite my accent, my communications skills are great. I'm a team player as well. And having had played tennis and soccer growing up, I think I have the opportunity both to be a great team player, but I can also run individually really, really well. And I'm humble. I'm a really humble guy. I know that I already went through a residency program in family medicine, but I, I surely rapidly recognize that if I wanted to come back and do a second residency program here with you guys in emergency medicine, I have to understand that I will be back to be an intern. So being humble is going to be crucial. Specifically, I saw in your roster that many of your attendings in the program are really young. And, you know, I might be remarkably older than they are and probably I could say that I could have more years of experience, but definitely not experience in a field of an specialty that is completely different than family medicine. So to summarize, I'm humble. I love to be on time. I love my personal hygiene. I care very much about that. And I'm a team player. Okay. So it's important that you prepare your answers, that you all some specific examples. You can have two or three examples. And also... You uh, need to know what they are looking for. So you have to do a uh, research about the program before you go to the interview. So you can fit your answer what they are looking for. Very good point. Cool, doctor. What else uh, do you think? Uh, these okay. are tricky. It's not until we really kind of go over those that we're still realizing that these are the things that we're going to be dealing with. Yeah. This so is an awesome exercise. What are your weaknesses? That's a tough one, doctor. My weaknesses. I would say that I invest myself so much with patients emotionally. Even if it's a small, short interaction, I give all my best and I provide the best medical care. But if something bad happens to my patients, I really take it to heart. And I would say that I will have to learn to probably understand how to distance myself without being an icy type of personality. I would say that if a patient goes down or the family is feeling down, I, I really break down emotionally. And over the years, I have gotten better and better, but sometimes it's really tough. And I would say for me, one weakness is sometimes understanding the American humor. I would say I take them literally and sometimes I just kind of go with it. And I really have to understand the circumstances about how things are being said and just kind of try to kind of move along because sometimes I think of myself as a very serious person and you know i guess it's going to be part of the culturization process in the united states and obviously i hope that the program will understand that i'll be uh, willing to learn and kind of be jovial at the same time as i'm trying to get educated for my uh, residency training okay so here also what you can do is that you can uh, disguise a strength as a weaknesses you can do that And also, you can describe what you like the most and like the least. I love to work day shifts. I really struggle with overnight shifts. I would say that I understand that I will have to be on call every third or fourth day, but overnight are really hard on me. I don't do really good at night. So I would say it's part of being a resident and that sacrifice has to be done. But I would say that You know, trying to stay up, work hard through the night and not going to sleep, you know, during the regular hours is going to be one of the things that I will have to be working on. Yeah. Why did you become a doctor? That goes back to my senior year in high school. I thought I wanted to be 
international business business manager, potentially an international politician, somebody that had to deal with international businesses. But I had a very particular experience during high school. We were supposed to visit these very poor little suburban developments around my city. And I saw myself doing the census and distributing food, something that we call bienestarina in Colombia and helping the families to also how to get rid of their body excrements in the latrine. You know, they had to go and poop outside. So getting in touch with those type of circumstances, I, I was extremely, extremely thankful about the fact that I came from a mid-upper class socioeconomical status in Colombia. But having gotten in touch with these poor people, seeing the living situations, the lack of access to food, the lack of access to sewage system, to water, and just in general, seeing the situations that they were sleeping in little houses made of tables with little sink roofs and sleeping on the dirt really made me realize that I could potentially help them the most. And just doing little arrangements and changes within their house, I think based on the basic training that I got in my high school, I was at least able to improve the quality of life for based on my, my little adjustments that I did within those families that I got in touch with. So that really moved me. And I realized that probably medicine was the way to go because I didn't mind touching people, getting close to them, hugging them. I consider myself a very affectionate type of guy. So I saw it as a way to kind of give back based on, uh, on all the blessings that I have gotten so far in my life. How would you describe yourself? That's a good one. Let me think about it. I'm a happy guy. I always been extremely outgoing, sometimes like to be the center of attention, and I really have to control myself of letting other people also shine and rise. I like to be in control, and I don't uh, like other people to tell me exactly what I need to do. I, I love to have control of every situation, and I know that is not always possible, but I think flexibility is something that I would benefit learning from. But I would say that being so strict, it comes from the significant physical discipline that, that I had to put in time and commitment as I grew up playing competitive tennis and being a professional tennis player. That type of discipline let me, allow me to become a go-getter. So I say I'm a hard worker, happy person that loves to be the center of attention. And I'm a great communicator. I love to talk, as you can tell. So here, again, it's important to know about the program and to feed your answer what they are looking for. So obviously, if you're um, applying for a neurosurgery program, they mm -hmm. expect you to be committed. They expect you to spend several hours awake. If you're going to be a pediatrician, they want you to be a great communicator. If you're mm -hmm. going to be a family physician, the same thing. They also want you to be good with kids and how do you feel about potentially interacting with children. If you're going into surgery, obviously, they want to know that you have excellent manual dexterity skills, fine motor skills are your thing, and potentially saying that you realize that you wanted to be a surgeon because your hand motor skills were phenomenal when you were playing hockey in high school or things like that. So you want to try to make a connection in between the specialty that you're going into. Yeah with the type of personality that you have because you know to be a surgeon you need to be tough usually if you're a very jovial happy person they're not looking for hello kitty necessarily these people that go into surgery they're like they have to be a little bit of an on the antisocial type of personality sometimes because they're gonna cut into people you know so it's hard sometimes for them to establish patient rapport and connection you know they're they're gonna be 
technicians. They're only performing a task on you. So, you know, it's not, I'm not saying be an asshole, but they're looking for certain personality profile that is resilient, that can fight during adversity, that is able to thrive under pressure, that is able to receive criticism and not crying or, or doubling over, you know, those little things are extremely crucial. What would you bring to the program? As a foreign medical grad, I completed my five years of medical school in Colombia and then it's followed by the internship that is this number six. And then we do a, a year of independent practice. So I bring you two years of independent clinical practice plus six months of having had work as a general physician in my country. I would say I have seen now, you know, about 40 patients a day, five times a week. That probably brings about 2,000 cases a month that I've been seeing. And I can tell you that brings a quite significant amount of uh, a strength on my capacity to clinically and physically diagnose a disease process and potentially mix with the technology that you guys have to offer here in the United States. It's going to be the perfect mix. I think my teamwork mentality it really plays well because I know that residents have a very close relationship during the three to five years that we're going to be here. So also having a sense of family in my training program is be crucial for me. Why should we rank you highly? Why should we choose you? I understand that you probably have interviewed 100 people. I'm here, obviously, because you guys thought that I had the qualifications necessary. But I think I stand out personally, because I can make your program shine among other specialties. I think the experience that I have had surgically in my country will make me an easy intern to teach. I think my work ethic has always stood out really well, and my leadership skills could make me a phenomenal chief resident, I, and I would like to become that. So I, I think I have the strengths necessary to become an excellent surgeon and I won't give up. I will persevere. And I think I'm a good listener. I'm also a great apprentice and I'm willing to learn from my own mistakes and learn from more experienced people like you, sir, or ma'am. So why should we hire you? I've been an emergency physician now for 11 years. I have a lot of things to offer. I think I have reached clinical maturity and having had work in a level one, one trauma center, and one of the six largest emergency departments in the nation, I think I have the skill set that will allow me just to treat this community really well. I do understand that the volume of pediatrics patients is minimal and that I'm going to be mostly dealing with geriatrics, but I love to take care of elder people. Every time that I see a senior person, I think about my grandma and I would like to take care of them like if they were my own family. Also, I know that you guys are looking for a residency or a medical director, and I have also the significant academic training. I have spent quite a bit of time educating myself in the Medical Directors Academy of the American College of Emergency Physicians, and I also have gotten a lot of leadership courses through the American College of Physician Leaders. So I have the knowledge and I have already shadowed, and I've been the Associate Assistant Medical Director on three different institutions, and I think I'm ready for the next level to be the Medical Director, to be the leader, to be the advocate for my team, and to help our institution reach the next level. Yeah, so here, what is important, again, is to know the program's greatest needs and desires, and with this, you can base your, like, your answer. Right. For example, 
when I went to Nebraska, I went to an urban underserved track. So the greater needs was they were looking for residents that spoke Spanish, that were bilingual. 90% of our people were Mexican or Mexican-Americans or American Indians. So they were looking for bilingual people, but they also wanted to have a doctor that could relate to the population they were serving. So they knew that they had to have this type of profile. and. Yeah. And they want you to know why you want to go there. And, and they want to understand that you're going to be dealing with this type of population and make sure you're the right fit for them. Yeah, if you are bilingual, a real good um, strength. But it's not like, well, you are competing with other people that they also are bilingual. So you need to offer another thing, you know, besides that. Again, you need to know what they are looking for besides like a bilingual professional. Awesome. I agree. She's pimping me. She's coming along. She's looking through her questions and trying to <laughs> trying to get me to answer. As you guys can tell, this is not easy and it, it takes a lot of practice. Yeah. We want you to get the feeling of what you're going to be looking to hear. Go ahead, Dr. Rodriguez. So what do you see yourself doing in five years? I think I accomplished so much this far and during the three years of residency program, I want to really acquire the skills necessary to become a proficient general internist. I have the personal intention to pursue a fellowship, and I do know that you guys offer one of the top-notch rank uh, cardiology fellowships in the nation. I'm going to concentrate on what is first, you know, be a good intern be a good second year resident. And eventually when the time comes on my third year, I'll be working hard towards positioning myself to apply for that fellowship. But I can let you know that I see myself in five years probably accomplishing a fellowship in cardiology and why not probably interventional cardiology within this alma mater. So for me, this is one of the most difficult questions because you don't think in your, would you like to do when they ask me that question for the first time, so you need to prepare your answers and you need to like to know what you want. Also, other thing is that cardiology, but in that host of cardiology, so that's not a good idea. So also you to know the strength of the program and which fellowship they offer. Correct. You really need to know if... They might ask you, have you thought about doing a fellowship? Why do you want to be part of this program? It's my dream. To be here is my dream. And the fact that you guys offer me an interview, one of the most ecstatic moments of my life. When I opened that email and I saw that I was invited to be here in one of my top choices, I was completely thrilled. I know that it's going to be hard to submit myself to be here for three to five years in this extremely cold weather of the Northeast part of the United States, but you're going to have on me an extremely passionate person. I'm so devoted to this institution and I know so much of, of what you have guys have accomplished through your 100 years of being in this community. And I completely align myself with the mission, the vision that this hospital has to serve their communities and also is greatest place to be to get the education that I want. Yes, yeah, so with this, what they want to know is if you did your homework because you really did a good research. Correct. For example, I told them I knew about the mission and the vision. So uh -huh, if, talk, yeah. if you're going to talk about the mission and the vision, that is going to be probably somewhere in the main entrance of the hospital. You know 
would you want to know exactly what it is? Because they say, oh, really? You know about our mission and, and mm -hmm. the vision? Can you tell us yeah. more about that? And what is it? And you're being, I don't know, but I, I think I agree with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can make a research in the website. If you don't find enough information, you can email the program and they will give you information. And also you can go to Frida and to look for information. I'm going to tell you something particular, and this seems to be rather stupid, but the hospital where I'm currently working is a Catholic faith-based hospital. It means that they follow the Catholic Church commandments and is run by some nuns. So in the past, one of my colleagues spoke about where to get an abortion and how much will be the price for an abortion. And this information got out and went up to the administrators of the hospital. And literally this physician almost got fired. So if you're working in a Catholic hospital, you need to know what you're allowed to say or not. And, and this type of cultural yeah. training will come probably later on as you kind of go through your, your month of orientation or the weeks of orientation that you're going to have, in which you're going to sit and just kind of get credentialed through HIPAA, you know, high tech and get your credentials, your badge, etc. And that's all going to be fundamental. So just be really careful because things like this kind of could sneak up on you. And if you don't really know what is the personal beliefs or what is the culture of the hospital, you might run into trouble. Well, guys, we have reached the end of episode number 34. As you can see, what we have tried to accomplish with Dr. Rodriguez is to have a series of interactions in which I am the resident interviewing for the position. And Dr. Rodriguez is an extremely mean program director <laughs> and residency coordinator. And she's a very nasty and harsh senior resident in the program that she runs. So having said that, we had a lot of fun and we're going to do one more because I know that there is a lot of common questions that we would like you to kind of get some insight. But this is the type of interaction that you guys are going to be dealing with. And remember, we just heard from Dr. Correa on the episode before Mr. Siskin. He said that most likely all the programs will be moving towards Zoom or mm -hmm. Skype-based interviews. Right now, for example, Dr. Rodriguez, I think the lining, the background, I can see your eyes, I can see your face. The background where you're sitting is remarkably professional and also the quality of the video is quite good. So I would say I like the posture of your hands. You've been extremely dynamic. You've been putting yourself in front of the camera and back and forth. So all that has been phenomenal. So remember, it's not gonna be a, probably a live interview for the 2020 interviewing process. And Dr. Rodriguez, I wish you luck with your process and we're getting there. So having said that, we're going to meet you soon in the next episode, episode number 35. Dr. Rodriguez and I will come back to play the role of residency director and interviewee. Thank you for playing this game, Dr. Rodriguez. It's been fun. Okay. You make me nervous, by the way. Hey, guys, thanks for listening. So download the next episode so you can listen into this phenomenal game that we're playing. And we're going to answer a few more questions for you. Thank you for listening. Bye, guys. Thank you again.